What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Sci Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts on the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Sci Guys, with Tad Sai. And Tad brought this up in our last episode, and I think people are going to be just waiting, I think, hopefully, for all of our upcoming episodes because we are going very headstrong with all of our fantasy content. We're just jumping right into it. We're making sure that as the fantasy drafts are coming up, you know, within the next, you know, month or so, that you're prepared, that, you know, you're coming into your draft, you know who the players to get, you know who you can get based off value, you're looking at the sleepers, you're avoiding the bus, I mean, everything there to make sure that you're drafting a perfect roster, well, as perfect as you can make it, obviously, there's yeah. there's probably a lot of people that are going to be listening to our podcast, so they only all have the same ideas that you have, right, but hopefully, you know, you'll just make sure you're having the right notes, you'll be ready to go when your draft comes along, and then, of course, all season long, we'll have you covered with making the right moves to make sure that you're good to compete for titles, because that's our main goal. Mine and Taz's goal with this podcast is to make sure you're coming away with fantasy titles, so Tad, I mean, we're continuing on with today's episode. We're going to talk about fantasy running backs. Like, well, I mean, well real quick, real quick, I'm going to interrupt you, because some big fans Fantasy news broke today to the point where I don't know if you saw this. Matthew Barry had to deliver analysis from his living room because it looked like he was on vacation or something. I'm sure Matthew Barry has a very nice vacation house from the video. D hop to the Titans. We did a whole episode on this. I don't remember. I don't think either one of us named the Titans as a potential suitor. Or at least we didn't go deep into it. Yeah. Can you I think trust? We- can you trust him? Fancy wise? Just very quickly. I think we brought him up as like one of the potential like he had an interview plan with them. So he did bring up the fact that he was going to go visit them. Then he was going to go visit the Patriots and obviously like a bunch of other teams were considered. But I mean, it's hard not to trust him because I mean, now yeah. we talked so I'm much good. about this Titans receiver room that's just like the lack of weapons in that room. But now when you add another serious threat into that room with Traylon Burks now as your number two, as opposed to the number one, I think just gives a little bit more value to every receiver in that room. I'm not saying these are guys that you need to be targeting to be your starting wide receivers. Like, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be like maybe a wide receiver two at the most. Like I don't see him as a wide receiver one that he once was, but I still think he has some value in that room because he's automatically the best weapon in that offense. Remember what kind of car do you drive? A Tesla model three Tesla. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a DeLorean because uh, it <laughs> seems, it seems like you just time travel back to 2021. That is the exact same reasoning we use for Julio Jones. And it's just, it's, I don't trust anything about this Titans team. And we'll get into this, you know, regarding Derek Henry with this episode, because I think I cut you off before you got there. We're going into our running back rankings, which were incredibly tough to do. But Derek Henry barely, barely made my top five because, like, I just I don't trust Derek Henry. I definitely don't trust Ryan Tannehill. Like you said, I don't trust Traylon Burks. Yes. Do I trust D-Hop the most out of anyone on that offense? Probably. But I don't know. I haven't done my wide receiver rankings. That episode is coming out in a bit. I, uh, man, I don't even think he, – he'll probably be in the top 24, but I don't think he breaks my top 15. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And we'll probably get into this a little bit more in our wide receiver-centric episode. But I think just the biggest thing for me is just like – we'll leave it here. But just like I know you brought up the fact that Julio Jones, we thought we could see the same thing in Tennessee. But I think D-Hop, where he is in his career compared to where Julio Jones fair. was, where yeah, is in his career – when they both joined the Titans, I think that speaks more volumes compared to, you know, going to the Titans specifically. I mean, so, hey, like sir. I said, I'm still, I'm still a little hesitant. I'm not saying for sure, like, he's a guy that you want to be drafting on every single fantasy roster. But just like I said, I think he has a little bit more production left in him compared to where Julio Jones was in his career signing with the Titans at that time. So, steroids yeah, is I'm a still a drug. <laughs> So we'll see what happens all there. But just, yeah, now, he is signed in Tennessee. It's still like confirmed, confirmed, but pretty much it's a done deal. Right. And now speaking of, you know, moving forward into the running backs, we should make it clear. We left Dalvin Cook off our lists, off our rankings, off our sleeper, bust, you know, hot take list, because it obviously depends where he goes. We we pushed this off as far as we could. We were, I was hoping – Credit words too, where I was like, "Ah, hey, he'll sign in the next couple of weeks," and you're like, "No, he won't." <laughs> you you were right. Good call. So if people are wondering, like, "Oh, well, what's your Dalvin Cook take?" We don't have one because we don't want to give yeah. one 
uh, you know, because it's entirely team dependent. So Dalvin Cook will not be brought up on this episode, but whenever he does sign, then we will talk about him for sure, but not this episode. Yeah, agree with that one. Yeah, as soon as he figures out where he's going to sign, we'll make sure to give you all the intel Just as far as how we feel about it. Already. Just, <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens there. But yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is most assuredly going to be a member of the Tennessee Titans. So we'll dive into that a little bit further in our wide receiver episode. But as we talked about, we're going to jump into running backs in today's episode. So very similar to our quarterback episode. So make sure you tune back to that episode after you're done listening to this one, obviously. Tune back to that quarterback episode where we delve into like, you know, how we felt about our rankings for the position, um, our sleepers, our bust, and then a hot take in the position as well. So we're going to cover all that with the running back position here. Uh, but just like last episode, Tad, we're not going to go into our full rankings. We're only going to talk about the guy at the very top. But Make sure, like, I mean, we did this a lot the last episode. Make sure you're following us on our socials because we'll be listing, like Tad said, 1 through 24. And you see our uh, Twitter and social media handles coming down there below. You got me at OtherSide23, Tad, TadSide94. The show I'll, I'll post them on time, I promise. And Instagram, the side guys, as well. So we'll be posting our full position rankings on there. So we're not going to go into the entire rankings like we did in previous years. So we're only going to talk about the number one in today's episode. But, yeah, make sure you're checking out our socials for our full one through 24 for the uh, running back position one through 12 quarterback positions and we'll give you the rest as we sort of get along here but tad let's start here at the very top of the episode let's start with who was our number one at both the rankings and just really quick let's talk about how we did our rankings because that always makes it right Mm -hmm. even though we have the same player we have the same player i mean just a little bit of a spoiler there but your rankings are a lot different than my rankings so i mean just as you give your player here you can sort of give a interpretation as to how you did your rankings compared to how i did mine on so i mean this just goes to show how good this player is is because i do it how i think their you know season rankings are going to end so like when you go back and when i say you i mean me doing summer research and you like type in 2023 fantasy stats this is how the list is going to look what you do Another good approach, but just different, is where are they going to be drafted? But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm glad you said it was very similar to the quarterback episode because we did this on the quarterback episode. Hopefully next episode is different, but let's see if we can nail it a little bit better this time. Ready? (laughs) Three, two, one. Christian Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. God damn it! (laughs) We had to nail one of these. See, I feel like, I don't know, it sounded for me like it was in line, so I don't know. I rewatched the quarterback episode. It was not, but all right, okay, fine. Fair, fair. But either way, yes, Christian McCaffrey is unquestionably the first overall pick in most, if not all, drafts. Of course, you're gonna have that one asshole that you know takes a quarterback first overall just to be the hot take guy. But uh, if you're that asshole, honestly, I respect you. But um, <laughs> I think Christian McCaffrey will be the consensus first overall pick in most leagues. This upcoming year, not only because, he, you know, his rushing numbers alone are just out of this world. And I know you have the stats on that, so I'll leave that up to you. But even if you're not in a PPR league, his receiving stats will still help you because you look at what he did. So he was traded late November last year and he had 65 targets, 52 catches on those targets, just under 40 yards, under 500 yards and four receiving touchdowns. So even if, you know, it's not a PPR league where you're not getting a lot of points for those catches, you are still getting a lot of points for those yards and touchdowns. And he's in that very weird position. Honest to God, I can't really remember a fantasy player that I've ever said this about where the uh, unsureness. I know that's not a player, uh, a, a term. What's the word I'm looking for? The the mystery. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's, mystery is better. Word, yeah. Let's throw a little Scooby-Doo in there. Uh, the mystery surrounding the, the quarterback controversy competition whatever word you want to use there in san francisco is actually helping his value usually that hurts value but i'm taking that as a sign of like that just means they're going to lean on mccaffrey more so he's going to get more you know targets more rushing attempts it's it's i think that mccaffrey at worst is going to finish as like the number three or four fantasy running back again that is worst case scenario Barring any injury, but really McCaffrey, I know he dealt with some injuries in Carolina, but I don't think that's really a concern with him because it's kind of like what I brought up in, you know, previous episodes where, you know, with Tua in particular, where it's, it's, you got to make that distinction. Okay. Is this a hamstring? Is this an ankle or one of those injuries that tends to come back or do you just deal with a lot of freak injuries that just 
frankly suck. Like there's speaking of, you know, finding the right word, there's no better word that sucks. And that's yeah. what happened to Tua. That's what happened to McCaffrey. So I think McCaffrey's injury history is not something to be nervous about. And honestly, Mer, maybe this is the hot take. It's not my actual hot take, but I'm in a, a auction league. My guess is he's going to go for as high as $70 come draft time. That doesn't shock me that much. Like, I mean, the premium running backs usually tend to market like somewhere 60, around that 70, yeah. 60, 65 or so. But yeah, the skill set that McCaffrey brings. And also, I think more specifically, Tad, we talked about this when we had the breaking news. It was just that he is so good at being a dual threat running back. And then you look at the system that Kyle Shanahan has. It's just that perfect match made in heaven sort of scenario where it's just like you got the perfect running back that fits the system and you got the perfect system that fits the running back. And it's like right. we've talked so many times so much about Kyle Shanahan and his you father as well. even have to give up a first round pick to get him. I'm so <laughs> – I'm still upset about this. Pretty much it was most of our draft picks from this past draft to 2023 and then it was the second round pick in 2022 if I remember correctly. Um, or no, I think I, it's like a – it's a pick in it was It was draft. three picks in 2023 and a fifth round pick in 2024 if That's memory serves. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. Also, um, fun fact, if you looked up uh, robbed blind, Christian McCaffrey's picture shows up in the dictionary. <laughs> True story. Um, but I mean, just we've talked about this so many times with Kyle Shanahan that his father, Mike Shanahan, they just like he's able to make something out of these like, you know, day three running backs, undrafted running backs, whatever it was. And he's still able to find success. Now you have a guy who's just. So much better than all the running backs that he's had. You know, maybe you could argue Terrell Davis, obviously. Maybe there's a few others that you can sort of throw in there. But just for the most part, this is one of the most talented running backs that either the Shanahan's have had in their system. And to do what they were able to do with some of those other guys, to now do it with this guy, I mean, it's just like... You put some respect on Clint Portis's name. <laughs> hey, that's what I said. You could argue some other guys. I very much like Clint Portis as well. Oh, um, I'm going to play this game. But it's just so insane. Like, I mean, I'm still in disbelief that Christian McCaffrey is a member of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's just like I said, it's just that perfect match between philosophy, scheme, and the running back's abilities. It's just it's going to be crazy as far as what he's going to be able to do now in a full season. Because like you said, sort of just a quick correction. You said end of November is when the trade happened. It actually happened end of October. Are you sure? It was right before Halloween. Yes, hold I'm on, looking at it right on, now. I'm looking at it right ah, now. Ah, damn it. It was 1021. <laughs> it was 1021. You're right. Fuck. Yeah. And so... Even though that's still a no good No, Sean Marino. Okay, that one, stop. Stop. <laughs> um, it's just now that you have a full season of Chris McCaffrey in the system, you got the trading camp with him, obviously. It's just crazy to think just what other things Kyle Shanahan can do with him in this offense. And, I mean, you talked about it where it's like between two teams, he had a very successful season. He played all 17 games. I think coming to San Francisco, talking about like the injury history that you had, the Niners were good at managing. Like, he did get hurt at a couple of times, but the Niners were smart about it. That's like, okay, well, we have Elijah Mitchell who's successful here. We have Terry Davis-Price who's successful. We have Jordan Mason who's successful too. So it's like, let's use some of these guys during the regular season where it's like it's not as important that we need Chris McCaffrey all the time. Let's save him so then he's healthy when we definitely need him. So I think the Niners were smart to manage his workload as well because, like I said, just the system suits so many different running backs and they want to make sure they can get the most out of McCaffrey when they definitely need him. But just, yeah, him in a full season in San Francisco in 2023, I mean, just, yeah, I think that's a clear-cut number one, both as a guy that you're drafting and exactly like you laid out, very, very good shot to finish at number one when all is said and done at the end of the season, too. Peyton Hillis. Did Peyton Hillis have a successful Peyton season? Peyton Hillis was the Broncos' leading rusher. I had to look it up. He was the Broncos' leading rusher in 08. He did, yeah, okay, that's how he got his fat contract with Cleveland. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now, so... um. Yeah, Selvin, so Selvin I, think I think it's pretty clear here that it's just like um, Christian McCaffrey is number one in both rankings here. But yeah. you brought some of these guys, Tad, you know, your Peyton Hillises, your Selvin Youngs, your Clint Bordises. Mike At Anderson. some point, Mike Anderson, some of these guys eventually <laughs> became sort of borderline busts here. So I think that's a good transition point here to talk about fantasy busts here for the upcoming season. So, Tad, who's a guy that you're just not as high on for this upcoming season that just, you know, has that bus label just ready to sort of stick on them for the 2020 season. Love the player, hate the team kind of took some very petty joy out of putting him on this list, but Damian Pierce, yeah. it hurts. It hurts. Cause you were high on him going into last season and credit where it's due. 
You called it. He looked a lot better than I thought he would be. I did not see him as a viable fantasy option whatsoever. And he really had a ton of good. I'm not even going to say like good flashes because he was so good consistently there for a while that I was like, okay, this is a fantasy, you know, starter. This is a running back one moving forward. Unfortunately, I think there are just so many factors working against him. First things first is he missed the last four games of last season due to injury. So it's not an injury that's going to carry over into next season, but the injury concerns, can he play a full season are there because we just haven't seen proof to the, you know, prove the counter quite yet. So that's a, a lesser concern there. A big, why are you giving me a face? Prove the counter. What the hell is that supposed prove to Prove the counter, <laughs> the counter being, no, I can play a full season because he's only had one season in the NFL where he missed four games. Prove the counter. You never heard that? No. Yeah, no, go. I think I think you're pulling something no, out. Of that's something that's else. a that is a lawyer term, my friend. <laughs> okay, sure. I think Continue. I'll need to reach out to my dad on that exactly. one. Exactly. Dad, if you're listening to this, uh, uh, please confirm. But um, yes, we have yet to see improve the counter. <clears throat> Don't pull it down, are you? <laughs> oh, I lose so much money in poker. So, yeah. oh, so much virtual virtual money. I don't have any real money to lose. But um, that's the truth. <laughs> no, trust me. Well, speaking of somebody else who has nothing to lose, though, is Damian Pierce, because they brought in Devil, uh, Devin Singletary from Buffalo as well. I don't think Singletary will really like step in as the number one back, but I do think that split's going to be very interesting to watch. And uh, Amir, I did put this in my notes. I'm interested to see. I feel like we both agree on this, that CJ Stroud's transition the nfl is going to take like a year or two to really like reach full potential so okay so you do agree thank god it's very hard signing you up for a take without your permission (laughs) but um with with just all this a rookie running back another competitor in there an offense that we don't really know how it's going to work we've assumed throughout the offseason it's going to look a lot like the niners if it does maybe this take will age poorly but there are just so many unknowns going in there that i think a lot of people are gonna be like oh this is a sleeper so that's why he's not like a huge bust because I don't think he'll go in the first three rounds probably. But I think a lot of people are going to be like, that's a potential sleeper. I'm going to opposite. I think that's a potential bust. No, that's fair. And just something I do want to bring up, though, to sort of counter your point here is that sure. we talked about this in our uh, head coaching series where we talked about D'Amico Ryans. And I brought the fact that, you know, Damian Pierce, I think, could be an effective runner. Um, I actually like the fact that Devin Singletary is there because I think they'll take less of the load off of Damian Pierce, where it's like, I like it very much to what we saw in Cleveland with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, where it's like, Nick Chubb is going to be the guy who's going to pound the rock. That was fancy hell for Kareem Hunt managers, though. Because, like, Hunt would go off for, like, 15 points a game, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butt in here and then let you finish your point. (laughs) Something to note, though, in the last – sorry, I need to look at the numbers real quick. In three of his last four games that he did play, he didn't even crack 10 points. In three of those games, he only had one point. So that's about Kareem Hunt, though, right? No, that's Damian Pierce. Mm, Okay. So that's – now, granted, I will, you know, kind of support your point a little bit before I let you get back to it, is that was under a different – coaching staff so like maybe that split will be more well handled but I, again there's just so much risk here it just it doesn't feel worth it to me there there are better options out there if you kind of want to take a flyer i think for me it's just like i depend i can depend a little bit more on devin singletary compared to what he right. had last year which is why davy pierce got used a lot more and especially as a rookie is just like he's still learning his way like i mean yes he was effective and we saw him being a solid fantasy contributor but i think there's also parts where it's like okay he could have read this a little bit better mm. he could have found the hole a little bit easier here um so it's just like some of those things it's like hard to sort of gauge them because he didn't have the support because he was playing with daria gumbawale last year he was playing I with wasn't an aging that. Of course not. There's an aging Royce Freeman was on the roster. Rex Burkhead was next to irrelevant in that roster too. But Devin Singletary, compared to all those guys, I trust a little bit more to sort of take a little bit of that pressure off of Damian Pierce. And so that's why I like Damian Pierce a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying that it's still going to be a home run pick. Like, so I still borderline it with you where it's like, I think he's more towards that bus label as opposed to being like a solid sleeper label. But I still think he's going to be a productive running back. So it's like, right. if you're grabbing him in those mid rounds, he's going to be a really good piece for you. But yeah, if you're trusting him to be your RB1, that's where the problem is. exactly that's it's all it's it's not like yeah he'll be a full-on bus it's like the meter right like where is he yes. laying on your meter like this is the and, and this mirroring cam thing's throwing me off for all but you people this is your, that's not this is your bus <laughs> and this is your you know think of like your typical like you know speedometer right like the left side is zero the right side is 120 
at least that's a what it is on my 13 year old jeep um and so you know it, it's if you have a more like over the 100 mark i would lower those expectations a little bit because i think it'll be a solid running back too definitely good flex option if he's our flex option that's a great gamble right there but like that's where your expectations should be and i think a lot of people are expecting like oh he's houston's number one running back it's like mm, careful about that yeah i think that's the biggest thing it's just like understand the situation, understand where the team is going. Like I said, they're sort of rebuilding. We're not sure how this offense is going to look. So just tread with caution. That's all it is. But he's still very much draftable. Keep him in, like you said, I think that RB2 territory, I think that's perfect. Um, Flex is, I think, a great option as well. Or, yeah, if he's your first guy off your bench, then, I mean, like, that's he's a, right Yeah, there. that's perfect right yeah, there. Exactly. So, all right, real quick, say the guy's name again. Oh, who we had last year? Dari Agumbawale. Okay, Dari Jambalaya. <laughs> Was I close? Not even close. Damn it. <sighs> All right. So let's get to my bust. I think this is a bigger name that I think a lot of people may be surprised to hear. And it's Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. So is it Kamara? Kamara? I think we've had this conversation. Yeah, we've, so times. we've had this like three times now. <laughs> Regardless of how you we'll want to say it. We'll run with Kamara. You said Kamara, yeah, right? I All said right, Kamara. We'll just run with that. That That is show policy from now. I'll put in the bylaws. There you go. There you go. So while Kamara is no longer going to be the subject of a possible, you know, trial, possible arrest, you know, possible fines, whatever it is by, you know, the government or the state or whatever, right? There's still a outside chance. And the reason I say outside chance is because rumors is just like there hasn't been anything decided yet. They're looking into it that he may get suspended by the NFL still because, I mean, if you saw the video of what happened, like the fact if he doesn't get suspended, that's, you know, that's a topic for another day. But just there's some bad stuff happening in that video. But just regardless, no news has surfaced yet about whether he is or is not going to be suspended. All we've heard so far after the news um, has come that the charges have been dropped or like dis uh, dis uh, disregarded or whatever it is that the NFL is still looking into the matter and they're under investigation and they'll come out with a ruling hopefully soon. So who knows what soon it is in NFL terms. So we'll figure that out when it comes to it. But all that aside, regardless of whether he gets suspended or not, I think there's other factors to this offense that sort of worries me about Camara's production and also himself as well that sort of worries me. So if you look at his past two seasons, Ted, in 2021, he scored nine total touchdowns. Now, if you look at last season, even worse, he scored four total touchdowns. To emphasize your point, these are total touchdowns. Exactly. So this is rushing. both receiving, receiving and, exactly. and rushing. Yes, this is both receiving and rushing touchdowns. So the fact that he couldn't crack so double digits 13, in the past two seasons. Hold on. So nine plus four. Carry the one, divide the two, choose what's two squared. That's four, right? Yeah. So nine plus four, that's 13. That's 13 total touchdowns over the last two. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. If you actually average that out, it's about roughly, you know, six and a half. Per no, wait, per now you're asking me to averages. Come <laughs> <Exactly>. on. <laughs> so I mean, just overall, just he hasn't been finding the end zone as much as he has in past years, honestly, because if you look at 2020, he scored 21 scrimmage touchdowns. And he was just clearly like by far the best fantasy running back at the time. And I think that's why he went so high in 2021, but just did not live up to the production. Now, you could tie that a little bit to the fact that Drew Brees retired and they had some consistency issues at the quarterback position with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton and Ian Book for once, uh, one game, too. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like – I think Trevor Simeon started for That's them one great. game, I think, if I remember correctly, too. So, it's oh just like – a lot of issues under center for them. Now they do have Derek Carr, so hopefully there will be a little bit more stability in the offense. I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to be the perfect quarterback for them under center. I mean, they think they still have a lot of issues. We obviously know about Michael Thomas and his injury history, so that's going to affect the passing game. I know they have Chris Olave. He's been great, but just without that support again, it's like if defenses start to target him, that's going to affect the offense too, that they could sort of just target Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara in the system. He also hasn't been healthy the past couple of seasons. He's missed about four games, three, four games, both seasons in 2021 and 2022 as well. So, I mean, he hasn't been able to stay on the field as much. And then I think the bigger thing as well that I see here is just that in previous seasons, he was sort of like the lone back. Like they had the shell of Mark Ingram. They had a few other guys that were just like, you know, there behind him. But pretty much he was the main guy. So very similar to like we were talking about with Damian Pierce, where it's like he was the guy last year. He didn't have a lot of support. Now that he has Devin Singletary, we'll see about the production now going forward. And so it's the same thing here. In the offseason, the New Orleans Saints have signed Jabal Williams. What did Jabal Williams do last season? He led the league in rushing touchdowns with 17. He finished as the fourth highest fancy running back. 
It was either third or fourth. It was one of those. He was top five. He was top five. Yeah, he was definitely top five. I can't remember where exactly he finished, but just he did that. Plus, he also had a thousand yard rushing season. So, I mean, he had a fantastic season. He's now a member of the Northern Saints. And there's this guy who you love, Tad, rookie Kendra Miller. I mean, he is joining the group as well. Just signed in the 2023 draft. I mean, Pillar, Miller put up 1,500 scrimmage yards and also 17 total touchdowns for the TCU Frogs last season. <clears throat> so, I mean, this guy is going to be dynamic as well because especially we talked about this before and a lot of people are talking about it too, that if Kamara were to get suspended, I mean, not Jamal Williams, but Kendra Miller could actually benefit more in the system. So now you're adding these two guys on top of Alvin Kamara is just, I think they're going to spread the workload a little bit more. So it's just like, I see a lot more competition and a lot more touches being taken away from Kamara overall, but just from what I'm seeing, just a couple down years, like I said, I think the offense is going to be a little bit too reliant on other guys, not just Kamara. Obviously, we're just seeing the production drop. Uh, like I said, I just don't know if I could trust this overall offense yet either with the new entry of Derek Carr, just the Michael uh, Michael Thomas questions, the rest of the receivers questions as well outside of Chris Olave. So just like overall, I think there's too many other factors that just worries me about taking Alvin Kamara higher than like, you know, where – either at his ADP a little bit higher than that, but it's like, I'm waiting on him if I want to take a flyer on him, but just him being that like fantasy RB one that he once was, he's not that guy anymore. Yeah. There's very little I can say to actually been by very little, but almost nothing uh, that I can argue against that point because uh, you know, while we were making our rankings, uh, Kamara actually had the most fluctuation with me at one point. He was as low as 22 then I moved him up to like 19, and then finally I was like, all right, that feels a little rough. So I moved him up a little bit more. If you want to find out where, like we kind of teased earlier in this episode, yeah, look at Instagram, look at Twitter. That's where we'll be posting our rankings. I still don't feel good about where I ranked him because I just I don't know where to put him. I could see him having a rebound season, but the ultimate deciding factor against you know, where I think he might go to where he is was exactly like what you said. What I, I don't think he'll be suspended. So I, I actually, I'll fight you on that one is I think the NFL is going to play the PR game of like, no, we're still investigating. They're not going to do anything because they noticed during the Brady and Flategate thing during the Zeke Elliott, pick your stupid controversy when he forced the girl <laughs> to flash or when it, what, whatever. Um, when the players don't get charged and the NFL still punishes them, fans get pissed and it leads to this like really bad PR campaign for the NFL every time justified or not doesn't matter. It's bad PR. I think they've learned their lesson. So the fact that he will not be charged legally, I think will clear him for the NFL. I could be wrong there, but I think he'll play a full season. But exactly like what you said, I think his you know target share in both you know the receiving game with uh, Kendra Miller and the uh, you know the red zone offense with Jamal Williams because you gotta remember that's where Jamal Williams is super fucking annoying for the Lions was every time. I was like, oh, no, they're going to give it. Who's the Lions other running back? It was um, uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, DeAndre Swift is going to get this you know, carry for a touchdown. Anytime they were inside the 10-yard line, it was always Jamal Williams. That's why he scored like 18 touchdowns last year. So I think that Kamara's numbers are going to be fine, but borderline RB2. And I'm just you know, speaking as an <clears throat> unbiased source here. Is uh you know really wouldn't shock me if Kendra Miller is a dark horse candidate for rookie of the year. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, just for some reason. Okay, that's lofty mm-hmm. expectation. Yep, Let's no. temper uh, that. Hey, sure. hey, I I was given this hot take way back in December. Kendra Miller should have gotten the Heisman invite over Max Duggan. Yeah, okay, that I'll agree with you. That I'll agree with you. But so him he's being a rookie good player. Of the year, that's but that's my whole point. I mean, when has a Heisman winner ever bust in the NFL? <laughs> Too many times. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I think we could both in agreement here that it's just like Alan Kamara, I think just his fantasy, like his heyday of being one of the top running backs in the fantasy world is sort of gone now. I think we'll wait to see what happens this year. Like I said, with more stability at the quarterback position, hopefully Michael Thomas stays healthy. Just overall, the offense is a little bit better. Maybe that could lead to him sort of regaining some of that, you know, sort of um, fantasy stock that he once had. But if it's much of what we saw the past two years, then it's like, yeah, this is pretty much the end of the Camara sort of like, you know, run in fantasy circles. And it was funny because when I was looking up, like, you know, where do I put him on my rankings? I was actually pretty surprised was he had, I don't know the specific numbers. So from a little off, please don't yell at me. Uh, you know, the Saints fans are known for being rational. Um, is he had like two or three games where he, he had a pretty good game where it was, you know, around 15 points. But a lot of his season last season was really 
balancing around like seven or eight points. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, again, like that's, those are barely like solid flex numbers. So yeah, yeah I'm just not sure. Now we talked about the, you talked about this. Maybe that was due to the quarterback, not controversy, but quarter, lack of quarterbacks in new Orleans. But yeah, I, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know. New Orleans is another one. Those teams like Tennessee where I just, I don't even know if I trust Olave all that much. It's tough. It's tough for sure. Like was rookie, was his rookie year what we could expect to see going forward? Or was that just an anomaly sort of season? So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But just, yeah, I'm not trusting Kamara as much as I have in previous years. But let's get to the other side of the coin here, Tad. Let's get to the positive side. And let's look at some guys that I think people may be undervaluing. And so we could possibly find some fantasy sleepers here at the running back position. There's a lot of them out there as far as guys that could definitely, you know, perform way above their ADP. That's sort of how we classify a sleeper here. So, I mean, just Tad, who's a guy that you're liking here to be a fantasy sleeper who could sort of outperform where they're probably typically going to be drafted. This is probably, this is even my hot take. And this is still probably my riskiest take of the episode. I think it's time to start trusting Cam Akers. Okay. I think it's time. Now, the reason this is a big risk, and this is why I'm okay with taking this risk, is it has very little to do with his performance on the field. It's all this, you know, off the field bullshit where we know uh, his relationship with McVeigh in the front office is, let's say, rocky. I feel like that's the nicest word. He he may have a, some other very choice words for it, but sure. I, we're gonna we're sure. gonna go with Rocky for now. Um, so it could the, the, this entire situation could flip at you know a moment's notice. I'm gambling that that's not gonna happen though because they seem to kind of move. I don't think they get along, but I think they've kind of it's like the coworker you really don't like, but you just kind of stand. Like I think that's where they're at. So assuming they move past that though. You look at how Cam Akers finished the season last year. Whoo! He averaged five yards of carry in the last five uh, games of last season, averaging almost 18 fantasy points a game over those five games. And Amir, here's the crazy thing that I forgot. I really did forget this. Stafford and Cup were not playing for them in those five games. Yep. So we did yep. that with basically like a second tier offense. They had Baker Mayfield going for them one game like that will yeah. more than one game, but one good game. Um, <laughs> so good God, the LAFB slack was unbearable that night. But um, the, the entire point being like, if he can do that with a okay offense, imagine if, if this is a big, if Stafford can stay healthy throughout the season, I think cup will be fine. Cause again, yeah. going back to the freak injuries versus nagging Andrew, that wasn't nagging Andrew. That was freak injury. Cup's going to be good. Stafford. I'm a little worried about, um, but if Stafford can stay healthy for majority of the season, I think that Akers is really primed for a really, really big breakout season here because people forget. I mean, we said it earlier in this episode, Shanahan gets all the love as he should for, you know, creating these great running offenses. That's where McVay made a name for himself in the first place. McVay's first two seasons with the Rams, Todd Gurley was easily the best running back in fantasy football. He scored 13 touchdowns McVay's first season as a coach, then 17 touchdowns in second. Now, yes, Todd Gurley dropped off, but that was more of an injury thing rather than, you know, McVay's fault. So I think the system really fits a running back very well for good production. And here's the ultimate, like the, just the cherry on top of the sleeper Sunday is the competition going against Akers is virtually non-existent, right? So Daryl Henderson's gone. He's a free agent. I highly doubt LA is going to bring him back. Sony Michelle. Okay. Maybe finally what is like now eighth year in the league. Maybe now we'll finally live up to his, you know, draft expectations. I doubt it. So really Cam Akers is the guy in LA. So I think I'm not worried about his target share. I love the system he's in. I think that he, who will be drafted as a, Borderline running back too. A lot of people are going to see him as a flex option. I think he could end up landing in the top 10 at the end of the year. <laughs> top 10. That's uh that's lofty expectations for Cam Akers for sure. Cause yeah, I do agree with you. You know, Daryl Henderson, he's probably not going to be brought back. You brought up uh, Sony Michelle, just not living up to expectations. I always wondered about that, especially that draft year when everybody was like, Sonny Michelle is the better running back compared to Nick Chubb. I was like, not based on what nah. I saw. I, I, I always, always thought too, like I, more. I was just I like, thought they I were. Com- get it. I, I thought they were comparable, but like, yeah, yeah. No, I always thought Nick Chubb was better too. But Nick Chubb's yeah. the one that like destroyed his knee in college, right? Or I believe so. A, yeah, I, I was, always get the Georgia was, running backs confused because they have like 
five good ones in a row. Yeah, I think that was part of it. It was during that uh, championship game where it's like I think we saw more Sonny Michelle in that game compared to Nick Chubb. And I think that's what led to a lot of the experts sort of be like, oh, no, Sonny Michelle's way better than Nick Chubb and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know. Based off what nope. I saw, I like Nick Chubb a lot more. Hey, low key, a lot of people don't talk about this. The Patriots are not good drafters. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, But yeah, so. He's coming back, but just I don't know how effective he's going to be. But I will say, I will throw in the fact that they did draft Kyron Williams, who they have a lot of promise for. So, I mean, we'll see what he, well, we'll what's going to happen with him. And they just recently drafted out of Ole Miss Zach Evans, who I think has a lot of promise, too. So, I mean, I'm not saying Zach, they're going Zach to— Zach Evans lost his job to a—I uh, almost said rookie—to a true freshman at Ole Miss. And you know why I know that? Because he betrayed us, and he left <laughs> TCU, and that's what and, he gets. And like I said, I'm not saying they're going to eat into his production this year, but just these are guys to sort of keep in mind as Fair. far as if like – If you're in Dynasty League, I wouldn't trust Akers all that much. Dynasty League and also just we've seen McVay sort of like at times just sort of like – like you said, with this tenuous relationship that Cam Akers and the Rams front office coaching staff have, it's like will he start to involve some of these other guys over Akers even though he's getting more production out of Akers? It's like that could potentially be something that That's I fair. see there, right? But it's just like I very much still like Akers. Like you said, towards the end of the season, we saw a lot more production out of him. It was just like, okay, maybe the relationship is healed because we're seeing him on the field a lot more. And he's being very productive as well. Like, I mean, he was the clear-cut leader in it, rushing attempts as well as rushing yards. So, I mean, it's like it's clear like they want to use this guy. It's just like you said, it's just that relationship aspect. It's like they can fix it and they can duct tape it's it dangerous. and MacGyver it and it's perfect fine that it's like great fantasy managers can trust this guy but we're starting to see some cracks in the seam like you know that gum is like stretching out the clay paper clips are breaking or whatever it is it's not holding together that it's like start to worry about guys like zach evans and kyron williams sort of creep in and take away touches from cam Akers. so yeah it's a very interesting situation to watch but i very much like the fact that we're light lighting it up under sleeper here because that's exactly where right. sleeper is it's like the potential is there can we rely on it? That's what I don't know. <laughs> He's my, he is. And if, <clears throat> if you're a friend of mine who's in my league, um, stop listening at 3642 right here. Uh, he's my favorite late round, like gamble right there. He is a good one. He is a good one. Like sure. perfect, perfect guy to keep on your bench. The gamble doesn't work. Drop him after a couple of weeks, but if it works, man, you're going to look like a genius. So, um, yeah, if you're any of my friends, welcome back to the show. <laughs> I hate doing I hate doing a fantasy podcast sometimes. I give tough. away all my it tips. Tough. It is tough for sure, for sure. But you know, at least maybe you can take some solace in the fact that you're right. Because I mean that that actually was brought up in the Slack recently, where it's like you know I think it was our good friend Chauncey he brought up the fact that it's like why are you giving such honest tips? And I was like honestly, part of me is like instead of winning, I like being right more when yeah. it comes to fantasy yeah. football. So it's, it's like it's very that's part of it. Balancing winning and ego, which yeah, is a very exactly. dichotomy. <laughs> so for fantasy, I guess for me it's a little bit more ego compared to actually yeah. getting the win. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of me too. I'm with you. So let's keep feeding the ego. Exactly. Exactly. So once again, sort of you talking about like late round guys and also maybe a little bit riskier guys that's like if it doesn't pan out, you can probably drop these guys. I'm going to a team that probably a lot of people are not looking at as far as a fantasy pr uh, production level. That's the Washington Commanders. And I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson, a former like – High promise running back in fantasy circles until they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. So we've talked about this in the last episode. You need to stop smoking whatever you're smoking. <laughs> and if you want to give your stash to me, I, as a friend, I will take it off your hands and dispose of it properly. And believe me, like when I was looking into this, I was a little bit like, am I really going to give this take? But honestly, I looked into it further, obviously, as to why I sort of thought of this. And it sort of makes sense. Once again, this is why we're labeling it under the sleeper category. So Jared McKinnon, during his time in Kansas City. He's in Washington now? No, no, no. Like I said, oh, okay. I'm thinking right. Kansas City. We're looking at last season. We're looking at last season. So Jared McKinnon, <laughs> last season, through the first nine weeks of the season, he was the 47th ranked fantasy running back in PPR leagues. Okay. Now, if you look at the last nine weeks or the second half of the season, he was the fifth ranked fantasy running back in PPR leagues. And so you look at the fact that they decided to use him more as a pass catching running back. They also then used him as the dual threat ability as a runner as well. Um, you look at Eric Bieniemy coming away from Kansas City to now lead the Washington Commanders. I think what I could see here is just big things for Antonio Gibson, because like I talked about, Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be the lead running back. But I think it's once again, he's going to be more of that ground and 
pound mentality where he's not going to be involved in the passing game as much. Whereas now you got Antonio Gibson, who is way more of a pass catcher compared to Brian Robinson, that I think he could sort of do some of the things that Jared McKinnon was doing for the Kansas City Chiefs last season. Jared McKinnon scored nine touchdowns in the final five games of the season. Like, I mean, that's just insane, the production that he was putting up towards the end of the regular season. I'm guessing that's nine total touchdowns. That's nine total touchdowns, okay, correct. Gotcha. But majority of them came through the air. So I will say that. Yeah, I mean, that's sense. where it's sort of. That's why when you said nine, I was like, he did not score nine rushing touchdowns. No, no, it's nine total. I Sorry if I missed that. But yeah, it was nine total touchdowns. But just the fact that he scored nine total touchdowns when, like I said, the first nine weeks, he was pretty much irrelevant in that offense. Yep, no, it sort was. of speaks to the fact that it's like he developed a little bit more of that system. They saw what he liked and they started utilizing him a lot more. And then as I Pacheco was still dominant too, just as a runner. So I was like, once again, I think you see the same thing here in Washington where Bianami could use Robinson as that like first and second down back, bringing Gibson on third down and then passing downs, that's where he sort of had his effectiveness. And like I said sort of a little earlier, sort of teasing my part here, is that Gibson is a former, like he had a lot of potential because in 2021, he rushed for over a thousand yards. A lot of people expected him to be the guy in Washington. Then, of course, Washington did Washington things. They drafted Brian Robinson Jr. to throw a wrench at everything there. But I think just with this change in offensive coordinator, I think I like what Eric Bieniemy. He did a lot of things in Kansas City that I think can bring a lot of production to Antonio Gibson, even though he's not going to be the quote-unquote main guy in Washington. Also, like I said, you throw into the fact that they're going to be using a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback, and Sam Howell. So, I mean, because of the fact that we that we may not see what sort of, like, level they're going to trust with him in the passing offense, I know he's got a great bevy of weapons there with Terry McClure, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas at the tight end position. I mean, there's a lot of things that he can do well, but just we haven't seen it yet, right? So, I mean, I just don't know what we expect with the passing offense. So, that's where they may lean on the running game a little bit more with Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson then on the ground, too, and then obviously giving him the screen passes, those sort of swing passes out of the backfield sort of thing, too. So, like I said, this is why it's under the sleeper category because if he could sort of take what Brian, Jerick McKinnon was doing in Kansas City under Eric Bieniemy last season, and if that translates into this season with the Washington Commanders, Gibson's got a lot of potential and he's going a lot later in drafts compared to Brian Robson Jr. So I'm talking about immense value if you can grab a lot later because once again he's going to be a bench guy for you he's not going to be a starter right out the gate but if you get this guy on your bench and he eventually develops that role like I'm laying out here that's just value sitting on your bench that you can use this trade or you automatically put him in your flex or RB2 situation. I'm not lying to listeners or viewers when I say this is when I first saw it, cause yes, we've talked about this. We share notes. So I knew your hot take going into this and I didn't look at your subsections. No, I just look at the player and I'm like, okay, I can form an argument with her against that. Um, you actually convinced me of this hot take. <laughs> Interesting. So good All right. job. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you the two words you convinced me with. Cause I totally forgot this happened. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I had a feeling you forgot about that. One. <laughs> that man is my fantasy mortal enemy for reasons exactly like you pointed out. He will cycle through running backs like no one else will in the league, and that is so frustrating. And you know, Brian Robinson, I, I'm not gonna say his injury concerns because uh, I assume he's not gonna get shot in a parking lot again. So uh, I hope he doesn't. Let me let me not rephrase that. There. I hope he doesn't get shot in a parking lot again. So. I, but still, we do, there's just so many unknowns with Brian Robinson. Again, it's it's the same case as uh, who's the rookie we were talking about earlier with uh, Damian Pierce, where yeah. we we have a one year sample, we just don't know. So I mean, Brian Robinson could struggle in this new offense. It's it's kind of like you know, there's a case of Alex Smith syndrome where if you're jumping from coordinator to coordinator to coordinator, maybe he struggles with that. So there's a lot of unknowns there. We know that Antonio Gibson is good, so maybe they go with the veteran you know guy that knows what he's doing to kind of take that pressure off Robinson. So yeah, again, it's the exact same thing you said with Acres. Is like if you were saying, "Oh no, draft uh, Gibson in the middle rounds," I disagree with you wholeheartedly. But in a late round flyer, you know, you got your kicker, you got your defense. All right, let's shore up this bench. That's a great one to take. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So coming towards the end of the episode here, Tad, Ooh, we got to close also, this out. Sorry, sorry, this just occurred to me. He is a great trade piece. As a, people, listen to me. With this upcoming season, I am your trade master. I am your trade, Mr. Miyagi. Okay? I don't know if that's cultural appropriation, but I'm going for it. So, whatever. Shut up. Is <laughs> So, here's how you pull off some of these trades is have Gibson on your bench. Gibson goes off for like 15. Because I think Gibson will have like kind of a Kareem Hunt role where he goes off for 15 points. That's when you trade him that Tuesday. 
It's very true. It's very true. Like I said, he could be a valuable trade piece. Depending it's all about on that timing, people. It's all about that timing. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Uh, so as Rex, we're sort of getting Rex to the on, end of the episode here, uh, we like to close it out with a sort of fantasy hot take at the position the here, water. Tad. So, I mean, let's see here. Tad, do you have a fantasy hot take for the running back position here in 2023? Murray, you know I'm not taking in these drafts? Let's hear it. I'm not taking a goddamn rookie. Wow. Okay. Any rookie. Any rookie. Any rookie. Any rookie. Wow. Okay. Stay away from all of them. I'd kind of like to hear your reasoning behind this one. All right. Yeah, well, we already talked about this on the podcast a little bit. I don't trust B. John Robinson fantasy-wise nearly as much as some people do. And I, I don't really look at ADP rankings. I know some of them are starting to come out now that we're in mid to late July. I don't really start looking at them until early August. But my guess is that Bijan's going to be a second or third round pick in a lot of these leagues. And that is a massive mistake. Because, yes, I know Arthur Smith probably took him to be the new Derrick Henry. But let's not forget this is also the person that took Cordero Patterson out of the you know, edge of the field and put him at running back. Like We have no idea what this man is doing. This is also a guy that told um, Peter Skronsky that he was too boring. Like He's a weird dude. So I don't. I don't trust Arthur Smith's system. I don't trust the Falcons' offense in general. Let's say Bijan does get a majority of the carries. I doubt they're going to be efficient enough to really, you know, provide that fancy uh, output input uh, output at fancy running back to be a good running back one, maybe running back two, but I don't even know if I trust him at that point. So by the time most of your other league mates are drafting Bijan Robinson, it's probably going to be too early. Now, if you're, I don't know, fifth, sixth round. Sure, then I would draft him, but I think he's going to be gone by then. So I'm not taking Bijan. Uh, I mean, who else is out there? Uh, Shane and Miami. I'm not trusting anyone in that Miami backfield, especially because, like we talked about earlier, they may land Dalvin Cook. So who? God knows how that split's going to go. And even if they don't land Dalvin Cook, still, God knows how that split's going to go. Uh, Dwayne McBride in Minnesota, uh, one of my coworkers, is convinced that uh, he's going to take over for Alexander Madison. Now, I think that could be a thing next year or two years down the road, but I don't think that will happen this year. So, Dwayne McBride's out of the question. Uh, who's the Rams guy? Zach Evans. He's a joke. Get out of here. He's not draftable. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Just start listing off rookies. Kendrick Miller. Look, I love Kendrick Miller. I think he will be you know, in the running for rookie of the year. I really do believe that. I don't think he will win it. I think he'll be in the running, but I think he'll be a lot like Kareem Hunt where he'll have a couple good games, but then he'll score like, you know, one and two points throughout a couple weeks. So he's not fantasy trustworthy. Emerge shout out some other rookie running backs. I'll tear them apart. Uh, take Bigsby in Jacksonville. No, Travis Etienne is going to be the guy there, and Travis Etienne is going to eat into any chance that Bigsby has to be a dual threat because what is Travis Etienne? A dual threat. Next. Uh, Zach Charbonnet running back in Seattle. Get the fuck out of here. What is with you in Seattle running backs? This is uh, Kenneth Walker the third, your boy, by the way, is yes. I, they're going to, uh, what's the word, cannibalize each other. Like, I think Charbonnet will be a fine fantasy option to have on your bench in case someone gets hurt. But if you are drafting him over, let's say, a Cam Akers, you are clinically insane. Next. Uh, Roshan Johnson in Chicago. Behind Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, get out of here. All right. All that right. that man will be lucky if he even gets 30 carries on the year. <laughs> All right. All right. So those, I think, are probably the bigger names that I can sort of list off here as far as uh, running backs drafted. That Padre Spears. There's play. another one. He's behind Derrick Henry. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Fine. But yeah, I just told yeah. myself to shut up, but whatever. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit there. But um, yeah, I think that's very interesting because it's like I understand everything that you're saying about Bijan, but just like – I think it's just hard to sort of, I don't know, equalize the fact that it's like he was taken so high over some of their other position of need. So it just sort of speaks to the fact that it's like I think they sort of see this guy as sort of being their focal point of the offense. But okay, it's like what if he doesn't work out, though? They have so many other good op- – it's not like, oh, if he works out or if he doesn't work out, we're fucked. It's like we have two other proven options in this offense. That's why I hated this pick. It's just – it's uh, – I don't know. He'll probably make me look like a moron, but whatever. Because I, I can agree with you that probably all other rookie running backs, it's hard to sort of trust them. But Bijan, like, I mean, I that's like clearly him. for me. That's fair. And that's right. That's why it's a hot take, right? I mean, you're sort yeah. of laying this out here. It's like, I don't believe it. And so, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Because, uh, yeah, I'm 
I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence on that one. I think Bijan Robinson is going to have a great year. So I think that's just different though there. Uh, but it's funny there because we kind of talked about Roshad Johnson in Chicago. That's where it leads to my fancy hot take here. And it's the guy that just sort of listed out there at the very top of the chart there. It's Khalil Herbert. And I think he finishes as a top 12 fantasy running okay. back here in 2023. Right. So you look at David Montgomery last season. He had 72 more carries than Herbert last season, but he only finished with one more rushing touchdown than Herbert. And also he only finished with 70 more rushing yards than him. But you look at the other side, Herbert finished with better yards per, per attempt average compared to David Montgomery. So he was rushing 5.7 yards per attempt, whereas David Montgomery is only rushing four. So that sort of speaks to the fact that Herbert's just more efficient with the ball in his hands compared to what David Montgomery was doing last season. And we all know how terrible that offensive line was in Chicago. So the fact that Herbert was able to do that, that sort of speaks to the skill set that he's bringing to this offense. Then let's look at just the overall offense. Like we know Justin, uh, Justin Fields sort of took this offense, put it on his back, became just a sensational rusher, not just a quarterback under system there. But the Chicago Bears led the NFL in rushing yards last season, and they ranked second in rushing attempts. And they only trailed rushing attempts to the the Atlanta Falcons by one attempt. So the Atlanta Falcons had 559 attempts. The Chicago Bears had 558 rushing attempts. So it was very, very neck and close, neck, neck and neck right there. Um, Herbert had five games last season where he scored double digit points, but he only started one game in 2022. So, I mean, this guy clearly just was more effective with the starts that he had. I mean, just the one start that he had, but just overall just playing in games. He just looked a lot more dynamic in that offense compared to Dave Montgomery. That sort of speaks to the fact as to why Dave Montgomery is now playing in Detroit as opposed to Chicago there. Um, Currently, what I'm seeing here, Tad, based off just rankings that I'm looking at at other websites, is like I know we're still formulating our rankings. Hasn't been released yet, but I mean, make sure you're following us on social. That will be coming up pretty soon. Um, he's being drafted somewhere like around the 36th running back taken off the board. And so the fact that you're Get seeing, out of here. I swear, this is what I'm seeing around that 36th, as far as the position, as far as the position I'm saying. So Where, where's my paper and pen? Exactly. So it's just like you look at this fact that it's just like, like I said, I think the involvement that he's going to have in this offense, like I said, for him to finish in the top 12, that's triple where his ADP is going to be. So it's like just the fact that you're getting that immense of a value. Like we talked about this with Antonio Gibson, like the fact that you can get Khalil Herbert maybe around that same range where it's like you're getting him in sort of like those mid rounds where it's like you have some good value, but he's going to give you RB1 production. Like, I mean, that's just insane to me because, I mean, it's like this overall offense is going to be a lot better. We already talked about how, how they traded for DJ Moore. They also got Cole Komet had a good season, obviously. They upgraded their offensive line to an extent. Justin Fields hopefully is going to take another step. I mean, just overall, this offense is going to be a lot better. And with Khalil Herbert in the backfield, he's going to be on the forefront of how this offense is going to change and be a lot better. So, I mean, I think he's going to be involved quite a bit. They want to run the ball a little bit more. I know Deontay Foreman and we talked about Roshan Johnson. They're there. But I think just Herbert has the better talent level compared to those other two guys where he's going to get majority of the ter- carries, maybe sprinkle in a little bit of the other two guys, but just Khalil Herbert for sure is going to be the main guy, and he's totally going to break out this season. I mean, it's I didn't want to like poo-poo on this take because I don't know how hot of a take it is. I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> is, I, and that was the thing, but I, and I want our listeners and viewers to, you know, ho- Come in with your own comment. Is it a hot take? Because I, if you agree with it, it doesn't seem like it, but this might be a hot take to others. But I completely agree. I cannot believe that set you just shared. 36 ADP at his position, right? Not just overall yep. position. That's at his it. position, correct. If I can link Lil Herbert and Cam Akers both on my bench, on my bench with two other vi- like starters that I know, like I can trust, oh my God, I will for once in my life walk away from the draft without anxiety. <laughs> like that will be a uh, man. You just made me very, very excited for draft season. Um, yeah. again, God damn it. I just gave away my plan, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, cause I mean, there are a thousand stats I had last year that I shared about this, but exactly like what you said is when Cleo Herbert stepped in this offense, that's not only when Cleo Herbert was doing better. That's when Justin Herbert started doing better because it's just, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, goddamn. Although, as a good it's, fantasy stack, I'm going with the Herbert to Herbert plan of Justin Herbert and Khalil Herbert, to be honest with you. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> uh, but no, sorry, you are crying. I was getting my Justin's mixed up. It's 11 o'clock at night. Leave me alone. Um, that's when Justin Fields started doing better because it wasn't just like, ah, let, you know, Fields run around for his life for, you know, 10 seconds and hopefully he gets positive yards out of it. It was, okay, now we have this more dynamic offense. And yeah, like, exactly like what you said, Khalil Herbert caught up to David Montgomery stats very quickly, which tells me in a full season, he will exceed them 
very quickly. So I love Khalil Herbert as a sleeper. Spoiler alert, he was my pick for sleeper. I saw your hot take. I was like, all right, I need to find another sleeper. So now I think you and I are both very, very high on Khalil Herbert. I'm a little worried about Deontay Fortman eating into his target share, but I'm I'm trusting Eberflus to make the right call and be like, now Herbert's our dude. Yeah. And I can understand how maybe it's not the hottest take, but like I said, I guess for me, I think it's a that, great, I think it's a great hot take. The problem is I just, I, I agree with the hot take. So that's, I think that's for me, the reason that I labeled it a hot take is because like I said, that ADP at his position being 36, that's, it's like, that's, that's just insane. telling me that he's just that's completely insane. going to outperform that. So that's why I sort of took it as a hot take finishing in the top 12. That's pretty much RB one territory. Cause if you play a 10 man league or 12 man league, that's RB one territory right there, yeah. either low one or hundred percent on RB one. So that's why the fact that him going at the 36 as position, like I said, for him to finish in the top 12, that's sort of like, can that be done? I think it can. I have to imagine that's going to fluctuate more the closer we get to August. It's like, possible. That's, that's crazy possible. me. 36 guys? Yeah, no. I mean, spoiler Hold on. Let me look at my rankings real quick. He is, and I thought, like, I felt bad for putting him this low. He is, shit, where is he? Oh, did you not make my top 24? I mean, you need to fix that. No, all right. He's been number 23 for me. <laughs> He's number 23. But again, that was Deontay Foreman concerns there. So, but even then I was like, God, 23 seems so low for him. Like I wanted to put him in the top 15, but there's so many good running backs out there that he just was one of those guys like just kept getting forced down. But like it physically hurt me to put him 23. Bijan Robinson's 24, by the way. That physically hurt me more. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. So we sort of have a tease on some of our rankings here, but just as we sort of talked about throughout the entire episode, if you want to see – Oh, by the way, last good sleeper, Jonathan Taylor, baby. (laughs) I don't know about a sleeper on that one. but People are going to forget about him. Maybe, maybe. But I think if you want our Please full rankings, him. make sure I you're seeing him. all of our social media handles. They're coming right down down to below. You got us on Twitter. You got me at underside23. You got Tad, Tad, Desai94. You got the show handle at the Desai Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at the Desai Guys as well. We're releasing our full rankings for the running position from 1 through 24. And we'll be releasing our quarterback rankings 1 through 12 there, as well as the other position groups once we sort of get to those a little bit later down the road here. But, guys, I mean, appreciate all of you tuning in for today's episode. Like we said, we're going headfirst into all fancy content now we want to make sure that you're prepared for all your drafts whenever they're coming so make sure you subscribe wherever list your podcasts are always up to date with our podcast whether that's on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify you can listen right on the lefb network website as well subscribe always be up to date with our podcast if you're watching us on youtube make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel as well so you're always up to date with those and i think first and very importantly you have to make sure that you're supporting our parrot network lefb network they got a lot of great content for you when it comes to the rams and the chargers at the nfl level and of course college football season is going to be here one week sooner than the nfl season so i mean that's going to be very soon as well they got you covered on the la college football teams there with usc and ucla the Bruins and the trojans there so i mean yeah they got you covered on all four fronts there at the nfl and the college level so make sure you give them a like, a subscribe on social medias, on YouTube, on their podcast if you want great content there. Uh, but guys, to everybody who's already like interacting with us on social because we beat it interact with us we want to help you win your leagues we want to help you prep for your drafts we want to help you with trade decisions i mean tad makes i think probably at least five trades a season with each league that he's in so i mean it's like five five like i said at least five rookie season come on (laughs) i i finished five before week five exactly yeah Yeah. so i mean it's like if you need trade help come to tad for sure but just guys interact with ever insult me like that again that's no, true. It's true. I, I felt a little bit low with the five, but I was like, I'll just play it safe and say five bit. here. Um, but yeah, interact with us. We want to hear thoughts on like, you know, when the season begins, like waiver thoughts and trade thoughts and, you know, adjusting your roster, start sits, everything we'll be providing to you. But we'll take personal questions as well in our DMs, as well as hitting us up on just our timelines as well. So make sure you're doing that through the season and in the off season here before your draft starts too. But guys, to everybody who's already interacting with us, who's subscribing to our podcast and YouTube, who's listening, following, just anything and everything in between, guys, we really can't thank you enough. And don't forget, we got three more episodes of these rankings coming out. We got our top 24 receivers coming out this next episode. Then we got our top 12 tight ends and our top 12 defenses. Hey, oh, my God. I forgot kickers. Well, defenses kickers. and kickers are the same episode, so that's why I'm combining yeah. them. So, anyway. But we got a lot more rankings coming out. So, if you are a little concerned about, like, oh, you know, I, and particularly me, I always suck at drafting kick or uh, receivers not kickers kickers is easy just take t- whoever's kicking denver just take them um don't take jake moody don't take jake moody that's a mistake but sorry buddy but oh come on that was funny that was the best moment from the draft easily but 
either way, so we have all these rankings coming out. So if you, you know you are still worried about those, don't worry about. It. It's coming out in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be we'll have all of them out before August gets here, so that you are fully prepared for your draft. Unfortunately, we are not doing any IDP players, but like Amir said, if you have any IDP questions or more individualized questions, I had a buddy hit me up two, three days ago about a trade that he received because he's in a dynasty league. I'm not going to give you guys my phone number for obvious reasons, but I do check out YouTube comments almost every single day. So you comment on YouTube, I will see them. If you, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Amir will probably see it before I do, but I'll get there eventually. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those sites. We love to interact with you. And I know fantasy football can be very individual specific. So please do not feel shy for reaching out for any advice you need because we care about you. I want you to win that trophy this year. I want to win the trophy this year. Amir, stop listening to this because I'm not speaking to you. But I, I want nothing but the best for you You can win the trophy guys. in your old league, but any leagues we're competing together, like forget about No, you shut up. <laughs> After all the crap that Al gave me, I'm winning the league this goddamn year. But yes, that, comp- that competitive nature of me, trust me, I feel for you guys too. So hit us up. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And please stay safe, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.